my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by the one and only Harris Kermani, here to break down this wonderful Monday, December 27th slate for you guys. Hope everybody had a great holiday. If you celebrated Christmas, I hope it was an enjoyable one. You got to see some friends and some family. I wish our, well, they were all good games, Harris. It's just, you know, we didn't get all the, uh, all the studs that we would like to see as we normally would. Uh, but I hope everyone enjoyed that big day. That was a fantastic day for basketball. I think everybody like rejoices for it every single season, man. But did you did you happen to catch the, the full day's worth of games? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of a, a tradition within the family itself. It's like my dad, my brother, and I will just hang and watch as many of the games as possible. I think we tapped out at the uh, Mavericks and Jazz game, although I ended up watching that on my own in my bed. But overall, no great games all the way through. I'd say uh, the Boston and the Brooklyn games were probably the most interesting, even though the Warriors and Suns one would technically be the most competitive. But yeah, just a lot of a uh, lot of interesting things that come out. There's always the one or two random guys that just go off and just, hey, it was the Patty Mills night, and alongside everything else, he got seven dimes as well. So it was just uh, fun all the way through. I enjoyed it, and I hope everyone, as you said, had a great Christmas, great holidays, and you know we had a good Boxing Day today as well. Ended up picking up a couple of uh, electronics I had on my list for a bit, so not not a bad weekend, I'd say. So the girlfriend and I, we didn't really exchange too much as far as gifts. We we both got uh, we scheduled a cruise, so we'll be going on a cruise like a, you know sometime next year. So I I was a degenerate and went online today and bought myself a bunch of basketball cards that I'm waiting to come in the mail this week. So that's my that's my gift to myself outside of the cruise. So really excited for that, but. I was also checking these tickets because I keep getting emails probably every other day. So I don't blame you for turning off the Jazz Mavericks game. But the Mavs tickets are dirt cheap right now without Luka. It's insane how far they drop. It's uh, it's getting almost comical. Like, you know, $18 to $22 ticket in, in some, you know, nosebleed seats. And I'm probably going to have to go. But it's just so hard to go to a Mavs game without Luka playing. But we, we got a new slate. We got new games to talk about, my friend. We got seven games total. Uh, and these have been pretty interesting slates. Like for you know tonight, I'm doing fantastic. I, I you know I can't complain. I uh, would be doing a little bit better if Hernan Gomez didn't have almost like you know nine points going into halftime. DK points that is. Uh, that would be make my lineups a little bit better. But 
I can't complain, man. It looks like I'm probably going to cash out pretty nicely tonight. I don't think I'll ship anything home or anything like that, but I should at least uh, you know, triple my profits uh, or triple my bets on tonight's slate. But we are going to jump right into things. Before we do, though, quick shout-out to Thrive Fantasy, guys. Come prop up with us over on Thrive Fantasy this season. And if you're wondering what Thrive Fantasy is, it is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Now, how you play is you choose 10 of 20 available prop bets. You build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the under and the over based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. So use that promo code ETHOS when you sign up. It's E-T-H-O-S, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So download Thrive Fantasy in your app store, your Play Store, or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop today, use that promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. All right, my friend, we're going to dive right into this. We have a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Houston Rockets traveling to Charlotte, taking on... The Hornets. For the Hornets, Miles Bridges, Cody Martin, P.J. Washington, all in the health and safety protocols. And then for the Rockets, D.J. Augustine, Garrison Matthews, both rolled out. Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are questionable. And then we have Deshaun Nix is in the G League. So I'll pass it over to you. Start us off here with the Rockets. Absolutely. And I mean, as far as these uh, Houston Charlotte games go, there's one thing you can expect every time they go is that it's just going to be a high scoring run fest from end to end without much defense on the other side and you know usually I try to avoid most of these Hornets uh, Hornets guys in these kind of matchups just because I'm afraid of blowouts but you know what Houston with Christian Wood I think has gotten to a price tag where I feel comfortable being able to get him back in again at that low 8,000s and for those who've been following along they had a monster game earlier in the year where you know he got 63 and a half DK points against the Charlotte Hornets. And it's just one of those matchups where, as we all know, the Hornets are great offensively and they've just been absolutely terrible defensively. And with these uh, health and safety protocols happening to a good bit of their major front court guys, it's really just going to be Plumlee on the other end going up against him. And I just don't think that'll be very effective for the Hornets as they try to chase him out to the line. So, you know, one of those things I like uh, if I can get a, an opportunity to get a center who's more involved with the offense. And at 8,200, I feel pretty good with him. Uh, the other ones that I'm just kind of keeping an eye out on is uh, Jalen Green, who came back on his first game, did quite well. And even though he was on a slight minutes restriction, was still able to get up 14 shots. Yeah, he shot six of nine from three, but really he's going to have an absolute green light to be able to go into this game as well. So if he is uh, allowed to come back into this game, not uh, currently is listed as questionable, but you know we'll find out closer to the uh, tip-off time, whether he's in. I feel pretty good getting him in there as well, again, at that shooting guard eligibility for about 5K. And the rest, and I think you'll find, as we go through the slate in general, a lot of these prices have come down into some pretty attractive regions to be able to get a little bit of upside. But I think for the Rockets, those two are uh, my favorite targets to go after today. I am right there with you. The only guy else I would mention uh, would be Josh Christopher. If we, you know, Garrison Matthews now in the protocol that frees up about 27 minutes, 28 minutes. Um, it, it would only boost his value if Jalen Green sits. I do not anticipate that we're going to see uh, our guy Kevin Porter Jr. come back just yet. But if 
you know, you, if if one or both those guys are out, obviously if both of them are ruled out, he becomes a much much better play. But for a guy that's near min salary, uh, I think that he would be another guy I would look at just because they need some wing rotation minutes on the Charlotte side of the ball. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to like here. Bottom line, uh, Lamella Ball, ninety five k or ninety five hundred, absolutely sign me up. You just talked about the great game Christian Wood had. LaMelo dropped almost 60 against his team earlier in the season. He's under 10K, which is always where we're looking. As long as he's under 10K, he's going to be in play every single night. Due to that upside, we know what it is. We haven't really seen one of those upside games since he's been back, but if there's a matchup he's going to get it in, it could be this one. With Miles Bridges out, we're going to see a couple of minutes open up in this front court rotation. Now, it remains to be seen whether or not they just slide Hayward up, start Oubre, which is what I imagine. But there's also a decent chance that we see Jalen McDaniels draw the start, who's been playing significant minutes anyway. So for a guy that's been playing about 26, 27 minutes over the past three games at 3,700, no bridges. He's probably looking around at least of a floor of those amount of minutes. So I have interest in him at 3,700. So for the main targets, it would be LaMelo. It would be McDaniels. And then, honestly, you could take a stab at anybody in the starting lineup or even in this rotation in this kind of matchup. I wouldn't fault you for it. But those are probably my two primary options, maybe with a little bit of a, like a hint Hayward, but I never feel good about playing Hayward this season. <laughs> yeah, he's always had just a weird role as far as his usage is concerned. Sometimes he gets into the high 20s, sometimes he's sitting into the low teens, which is, yeah, it's hard to be able to predict. So I think 6,400 is a pretty decent spot as far as his floor is concerned. Yeah, I, I do expect if he's playing normally and shooting the ball as he usually should, I mean, he's been absolutely stinking it up for the last three games, but I expect he'll get himself back into some sort of normalcy with this uh, Houston defense on the other end. But as you said, the Charlotte team, there's just value all over the place. Uh, even I like Rogier at 6,000 as well. I just think more shots are going to open up. And, you know, we saw James Borrego in the last game. I mean, it burned me. He benched LaMelo at the end there and got Ish Smith in to get the team going. And, hey, it worked. They went uh, on a run and uh, took out Denver, which is great. But it just totally tells you that he's totally willing to ride the hot hand. And if there's one guy on this team that can get a hot hand, and I like as a GPP pivot, it is Terry Rogier. So outside of all things else, I think at 6,000, it's a pretty good spot to be able to get him in. But beyond that, you've hit the uh, nail on the head. The only other potential guy I was looking at, just because I expect they're going to need a little bit more front court minutes, I think Mason Plumlee will get more minutes in this kind of a matchup. Uh, as I said, they're going to need someone to be able to go and uh, go up against Christian Wood, both inside and even when Sangoon comes in, they're going to need a little bit of, uh, of a body to be able to go up against that as well. So I expect him to be in the mid-20s as far as his minutes are concerned. Maybe not the most sexy center pick to be able to go out there, but I think he should be at a pretty good spot to hit between 5 to 6x on his value. I can't argue with that. Absolutely. Yeah, with no P.J. Washington backing him up at the 5. They have some young guys that they could throw in, but at the very least, we could probably expect about 25, uh, I would say, floor minutes for Plumlee. And decent fantasy producer. I mean, he's not the same guy that he was on the Pistons last season, uh, but he could still get it done at that price tag of 4000 Next game, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game, Chicago Bulls traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks. Hawks, John Collins, Sharif Cooper, Danilo Gallinari, Solomon Hill, Kevin Werder, DeAndre Hunter, Wes Awundu, Jalen Johnson, I'm not done. Uh, Timothy Luau Cabro, Unyeko Kungu, Lou Williams, Trey Young, all ruled out in this one. So, I, a lot of bodies missing from this Hawks team. Bulls on the second half of the back to back, so we do not have the injury report just yet for them. Going to have to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, and then I didn't mention that last uh, game total. It was 236, six and a half point spread for Charlotte. 
Probably going to be the highest game total of the night is what I imagine. 236 is a number that you do not see very often. And we do not have a game total for this game just yet. So pass it over to you. Talk about the Chicago Bulls team on the second half of a back-to-back. Anybody you could target? Yeah, and I think with the Chicago Bulls, I, as it's been throughout this entire season for the vast majority of it, any of these main three over 9,000 are just priced up a little too much for my liking. If any of them get back into like the low to mid 8,000s, I'd be locking them on a nightly basis. The only real guy I've been looking at over here is Kobe White. And tonight I've been kind of targeting his minutes as well. He's gotten 16 minutes in the first half, but hasn't really got any dimes going. We know he will have a green light, will keep shooting. He's gotten seven shots up in the first half as well. I just think it's one of those uh, situations where he's all about the hot hand. Uh, he got it off in the last game prior to this 34.75 DK points as well. So I think his floor is pretty safe because his minutes should be around that 30 point, uh, thirty minute mark just because of everyone else kind of sitting out there. Uh, they do uh, find themselves playing a bit of Javante Green as well just to kind of match it up. But as far as usage is concerned, it's always all with Kobe White. So he's probably the main guy that I'm targeting here. And I'm also kind of keeping an eye out on uh, Troy Brown Jr. Just purely because, one, I think he's a better player than what Chicago's giving him as far as minutes are concerned. I've always liked his capability to be kind of that Swiss Army knife guy. He's almost a little bit like a young a young Thaddeus Young. So it's just one of those where I think if he can get himself into that uh, consistent 25 to 28 minute role, he's been there in the last two games. I think his uh, his upside does get him into that mid-20s into the low 30s perhaps. So at 3500 I think that's a pretty good dart throw, but I'm just kind of staying away from the expensive dudes here. I'm kind of right there with you. I think it's just going to be Kobe White for me. Uh, yeah, you know, I hope he does struggle a little bit tonight, honestly, because then people look at the box score, they chase it, and they see, you know, this guy did nothing. Uh, but this is a fantastic matchup for him. That blowouts happen, and if that does happen, which I almost anticipate with this kind of matchup, this bewildered Atlanta team going against almost what's – you know, outside of Lonzo Ball, almost a fully healthy Chicago team is what we're seeing. So uh, I actually think this is a great bounce back spot for Kobe White if he ends up, you know, he's kind of struggling from a DK perspective right now. But uh, if he continues to struggle like that, this is a great spot for him. And he started and he's playing the minutes and that's the two most important things. So uh, on the Atlanta side of the ball, a lot of bodies out. You know, I think we can go right back to the well with some of these guys looking at DeLon Wright, right? 54. Don't think it's the greatest of price tags but it's very comfortable um not somebody i'm going to throw in every single one of my lineups but we saw his upside this is a guy that can kind of just stuff the stat sheet in multiple different ways whether it's boards at the guard position decent dimer very good on defense when it comes to getting into passing lanes and nabbing some steals uh and if there's going to be 10 plus shot attempts for him absolutely he should be able to get there and then look at i'm practically just looking at all these wings uh i'll probably a little bit off cam reddish I know a lot of people tend to like to play him. The price tag continues to increase. I faded him on that last slate, and it worked out pretty well for me. Uh, but I, I'd prefer to play Bogdanovich over him for $800 less. Bogdanovich playing big minutes. He just hasn't been able to hit a shot over the last two games. He's 6 of 29 over the past two games. If he ends up shooting at even a 35 to 40% clip, you're probably looking at 30-plus DK points from him. So at 5K, I'll be looking at him. I'll be looking at Delon. I wouldn't fault you for looking at Capella. I think I slightly prefer Christian Wood over him. Um and that's probably just where I'm at. I'm really just looking at mainly those two guys and not much else. Yeah, fair enough. And DeLon, on a personal note, I'm a huge fan of him. I was always very sad when the Raptors got rid of him. But as a result, I get to watch him a lot when he does play. And he was playing a lot during that uh, Christmas game. And he's gotten his minutes up in the last couple of games beyond that as well. I think what's really keeping his uh, assist total down and as a result of his 
of that is DK points upside down is the fact that he's passing a lot to Cam Reddish and Reddish just starts dribbling around and around for the next five seconds before he puts up an absolute brick. So it's just one of those things where given the way this offense is, I don't think he'll have the opportunity to get those kind of big dime games, but he has the ability to stuff the stat sheet. As you said, uh, 5,400 is a pretty safe price. I don't see him getting anywhere below 27 DK points, just given the way uh, he's going to be involved. So it's probably better cash play than anything else. And yeah, Reddish is one of those where I just, and I honestly, I just don't like him. I just don't like taking him most nights uh, when he was in that 4,000 range. Like, yeah, fine. I'll go ahead and throw him out there because he's going to get 15 shots a game. But at this point, if his, if his points aren't going, he doesn't really give you much outside of that as far as ancillary stats are concerned. So I'm going to fade him. Bogdanovich as well. I just feel like his usage needs to be higher. But as you said, his uh, shot totals are getting there. And if you can get even you know, 40% of those to go, he'll hit his numbers. So, yeah, I think that's a good spot. And you could probably go back to the well with Gorgi Diang as well. It's just you know, he gets uh, the opportunity to start. and Or even if he doesn't start, he's going to be in that you know 20 to 25-minute range, which you know, we've seen him be able to go and get his numbers in that time. He seems to get a couple more shots going for him as well. So I think he's a decent GPP pivot to jump that way too. All right. We'll move on. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, Boston Celtics traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Timberwolves for the Celtics. Bruno Fernando, Enos Cantor, Justin Jackson, CJ Miles, Aaron Naismith, Josh, uh, Josh Richardson, Josh Gordon, uh, and are all ruled out as well as Dennis Schroeder. And then Grant Williams is questionable for the Timberwolves. Two guys questionable, Patrick Beverly, Josh Kogi. And then we have Anthony Edwards, Torian Prince, Nas Reed, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Vanderbilt, and... McKinley Wright all ruled out. And this game looks like it is does not have a total, does not have a spread. We actually have two available right now. So I will pass it over to you. Talk about the Celtics team. A few guys yeah. out, but for the most part, the big hitters are, are in there. Yeah, and I mean, the big hitters are in. Al Horford is back, which kind of takes the sheen away from a Robert Williams' potential pick. As far as I'm concerned, they start to you know, not use him as much because Horford's just that much more switchable. And I mean, on his first game back, we don't know what his minutes total is going to look like as far as conditioning is concerned. But in general, I'll be honest, I'm pretty much avoiding most of these guys except for uh, maybe a dart throw with Peyton Pritchard, just purely because uh, with Schroeder out, he's clearly getting the minutes up. He got 14 shots up in that Christmas game, looked very comfortable there. Uh, He's probably my favorite pick of all of these. Maybe a little bit of smart because I think he has also a little bit more upside with the fact that Schroeder is out as well. But yeah, I'm avoiding Jalen. I'm avoiding Jason Tatum, and yeah, just I don't want to get into that Horford and uh, Robert Williams situation with them both in that mid to late six thousand range, and really not knowing where they're going to go as far as usage is concerned. And yep, that's about it. And it looks like actually uh, some late breaking news that just happened about uh, give or take forty seconds ago. Uh, since I just read it, it, looks like Nas Reed has been placed into the protocols. So that's going to change things. Uh, obviously, he was going to be one of my top picks looking at him uh, coming into this game. Great point per minute guy. But now he's in the protocols as well. So uh, looking at this minute, I'm right, oh, by the way, I'm right there with you with the Celtics. It would just be the, the backcourt. It would be smart. It would be Pritchard. And I'm not overly enticed by either. It would be Pritchard if anybody just because the minutes are up. Blowouts happen. If that ends up happening, he gets even more run. He's not a guy that would sit for anybody. So. Uh, he'd probably be my primary option, but overly not excited about anybody in this game. But looking at this battered Timberwolves team now, we have to we we have to take a look at who's going to start, and it's probably going to be our guy Nathan Knight. Uh, starting at that center position, at 3,300, sign me up. I'm good to go. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're going against. If you're a starting center playing 28 plus minutes and you have the ability to grab 10 rebounds and you're near minimum salary, I have interest in you. So I think Nathan Knight, uh, and then also looking at Jaden McDaniels at 5,100, those would probably be my two primary options. And then I also wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Malik Beasley at 6,200. The guy's shot attempts are going to be through the roof like they were in that last one. Took 25 shots against Utah, put up 46.5 TK points. I expect very, very similar kind of usage in this game. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher matchup, uh, you know, I, I, just on a, I guess, defensive versus position standpoint. Mike Conley is a little bit slower than he used to be. Marcus Smart really gets up in the face of defenders. Uh, but they're going to need someone to shoot. And even if a blowout does happen in this game, he should still see 20 shot attempts regardless, even if he plays three quarters. As soon as he's going to shoot the lights out, uh, whether or not he hits the shots, that's to be determined. But at 6,200, I think Beasley's in play. But I'm mostly going to be looking at those two value plays between uh, McDaniels and then Mr. Nathan Knight. And we could probably end up seeing if Beverly's ruled out, then I think that opens up guys like uh, you know McLaughlin and Jalen Noel as well. Yeah, fair enough. And I think you've hit pretty much the main guys there. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I do have some interest in if he happens to uh, be out there. And we know that we, he won't have any sort of uh, restrictions just because said they need him in so many different lineups. And with everyone else out, he's probably going to get somewhere into that uh, you know low to mid-teens as far as shot attempts are concerned. And those ancillary stats always give him the opportunity to get into that uh, mid-30s as far as his DK points are concerned. So a great spot for him. Beasley absolutely is completely in play and yeah, we'll see who they end up starting. But uh, if Nathan Knight's the one going, I'm definitely going that way as well. All right. We will keep it moving to the next game. Utah traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs. Spurs on the second half of a back-to-back in this one. So no injury report available for them. As we know, Utah has a bubble around them where they're just avoiding COVID uh, in all facets. But Donovan Mitchell has been ruled out due to a lower back strain. So, I don't know how this team's maintained just not having any COVID cases. Uh, There's like two teams. I think it's them and Oklahoma City. Has just been dodging COVID left and right. Like you can't touch them. So I'll pass it over to you. Uh, Looking at this team, no game total, no spread. Who are you looking at from Utah with Donovan Mitchell out? Yeah, and as soon as Donovan Mitchell goes out, that means there's usage available for my otherwise favorite play always in Joe Ingles. 3,700, he's likely going to get his uh, minutes back into that you know, close to that high 20s, low 30 minute range. And really that's all he needs to be able to get himself going. Uh, in the end, it's a usage situation. So when he gets to that opportunity where he's likely either starting or being the first man off the bench at 3,700, he's going to be, spoiler alert, my favorite uh, play as far as uh, value is concerned. Uh, beyond that, I think Mike Conley's in a great spot here as well. It's just one of those games where you know he's getting his shot back. He's been shooting the lights out for the last two games as well. And just you know, going to be that guy who's going to be running a lot of pick and roll with Rudy Gobert with everything else going on. And I'm personally avoiding Gobert on this just at 9,100. I think there's you know, higher upside uh, matchups that could potentially be taken advantage of. And, you know, him against Pirtle, even though that's a pretty good spot out there, I just don't trust Gobert offensively enough to be able to get uh, his numbers the way I would want him to in this specific game. So you know, I won't fault anyone for going there, but I'd rather go with the uh, conley Ingles combo with the fact that I think Jordan Clarkson's also a little bit underpriced given how much his usage is going to shoot through the roof. Uh, you know, 13 shot attempts in the last game as well, 30.5 DK points. Uh, he's just going to be that guy who they're going to need to just keep shooting. Donovan Mitchell is about 25 shots that are going to be spread around between uh, those three to four guys in the backcourt, and that's going to allow... Pretty much, uh, I'd say all of them to be able to hit value against San Antonio team that's coming up in a back-to-back and just hasn't been great as far as uh, perimeter defense has been going this year. 
Yep, I'm right there with you. I mean, just looking at Clarkson, the dude has a 31.1% usage rate when Donovan Mitchell's off the floor. Average is 1.06 DK points per minute. Sign me up. Ingles, I think, is going to be one of the better value plays. You said it perfectly. Anytime that we see, he handles the ball a little bit more, too. It's it's the minutes. It's the role. Everything changes when Mitchell's off that floor. So uh, I expect him to kind of handle a little bit of the backup point guard duties and for that second unit. Then won't be able to stagger Conley and Mitchell like they normally would like to. So those two guys would be my two primary options. Uh, don't mind looking at Conley either, but you know, at, at some point you have to be a little bit concerned about this game and the actual competitiveness in it. And Conley would be the first guy that comes off the floor if this game does get out of hand. You said it yourself. San Antonio is missing their top player and it's second half of the back-to-back. So for those reasons, I'm, I'm slightly worried. Uh, I, I pause for concern, but he'll stay in my player pool for sure. And I will have him in a few lineups. But those are the three guys I'm interested in. I'm not interested in paying up on Gobert when we have a guy like Christian Wood and some other centers that we will get to uh, in a few moments. But on that San Antonio side of the ball, Derek White, same price as he was on Sunday, 6500 If you're playing some other guys, you want to run it back, yeah, Derek White's probably the guy you're doing it with. No doubt about it. The dude has been playing much better uh, as of late. He struggled early on in the season, but now he's playing primarily point guard with no DeJounte. We know he's got that defensive ability. He's one of the few guards in this league that can average close to a block per game. Um, he just gets it done in so many different ways. And now he's also probably going to see close to 15 to 16 shot attempts. With, so sign me up. I'm good with Derek White. I'm not playing Pirtle. Uh, I can see you going to Keldon Johnson. I know you're going to mention him. I feel like you're see, he's slowly becoming your new Jaron Jackson, uh, as we say, which, by the way, I, I played Jaron tonight, man. I did. I thought about you. I was like, you know what? This I didn't talk to Harris today, but Harris would be playing Jaron Jackson tonight, so I'm going to play him. Uh, and it turned out okay for me. I didn't mind that. But otherwise, I think there's a little bit of usage that's going to just be spread around to everybody, whether you want to take a look at a guy like McDermott, uh, Kata Bates-Diop, Vassal. These guys are all GPP dart throws. I'm not overly excited about any of them, to be honest. I think we'll have better value that opens up and that we already have available. For the most part, I'll be looking at Derek White, maybe a slight bit of Kelvin Johnson. Fair enough. And I think the one advantage that we have, even though it's a back-to-back, is that the Spurs absolutely beat down the Pistons this game and none of the starters played anything more than 23 minutes. So, you know, they shouldn't be super, super tired coming into this game. So hopefully that can help keep it that little bit more competitive because, yeah, Derek White, I absolutely love in this matchup. Uh, Keldon Johnson, yes, absolutely. He's just one of those guys that has uh, consistently gotten himself into that mid double-digit shot attempts, and I just like the fact that he can get so many boards for a guy who's otherwise undersized, but he just fights through. It's just have a thing for those kind of hard hat you know, guys who just go in there and get it, and with that, it just gives him the upside to be able to hit anywhere between 35 to 40 on a given night as long as the shot's going even half decently. And his three-point attempts have been pretty consistent at about seven a game there, so you know he's hitting between two to three every time, so it just gives me you know, that little bit of uh, cushion and comfort about it. And if anything helps, the last time they played Utah, he dropped 39 DK points in that game as well. So just a lot of things to go into play for me. But between White and him, probably the uh, main area I'm looking at. Uh, the other place of interest, just because it is a back-to-back, and if, you, if you're actually going to assume that this game is going to go out into nothing, then maybe just like today and the last game, uh, Jock Landale will get his opportunities to be able to play as well. Just been a guy who doesn't need anything more than 15 to 18 minutes to absolutely kill it. He did it again tonight as well. It's just one of those, you know, quick hitters, high usage in his time, and they just throw it up to him and he just goes to work. So I think this is going to be another one of those uh, Popovich guys who starts to continue to actually do really well. They've been putting him in the G League all the way through, so keep an eye out on him because I think that uh, it's one of those guys that Popovich always loves playing. 
All right. No, listen, I won't fault you there. I think I'll end up probably playing my guy, Nathan Knight, uh, just knowing that they're very exactly cheaper. Uh, and he may be one of the only centers left on that Minnesota roster. But on to the next game. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns here. Memphis on the second half of the back-to-back. Phoenix, Jay Crowder, Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Alfred Payton, Dario Saric, and Ish Wainwright all rolled out. Grizzlies, no injury report at the moment. We do not have a game total. We do not have a spread. I'm going to pass it over to you because I know there's someone that you probably are going to mention, uh, whether it's in a good or a bad way. I'll give you a hint. He's got three initials. They're all the same letter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real senior for this junior. Yeah, Jaron Jackson, just 6,500. I, I just said, it's just one of those matchups where he can just always hit his upside on here. So I actually probably, to be honest, would be uh, more interested in Keldon Johnson for 5,700 versus Jaron Jackson for 65 tonight. But I, I expect this game to actually be pretty competitive all the way through. Uh, Memphis is just, I said, every time I watch him play, they've just become one of my favorite league pass teams. Is just never ever give away from any big matchup and they always just show up for it. Uh, so between Jaron Jackson and I actually think Steven Adams is going to be another guy uh, in pretty decent play today as well, uh, just because of you know, the size on the Phoenix end. They like throwing JaVale McGee out there. They like, of course, having DeAndre Ayton out there. So having a guy who can match up with that size, match up with that physicality, I think at 4,900 is a pretty good spot. And more so than that, I mean, Steven Adams is almost kind of playing like the Marcus Hall role for a role for him in the sense that they're running the offense through him in the post. And he's actually getting a pretty decent amount of dimes apart from everything else. And we always know that he's there for a double digit board game, as long as he can get into that uh, low to mid twenties, as far as his minutes are concerned. The other spot though, that I think is uh, of interest is Tyus Jones at 4,700. Uh, we saw that uh, DeAnthony Melton has gotten uh, ruled out as far as COVID protocols are concerned. And those minutes are probably going to go straight uh, to Tyus Jones as well. And especially if he's going to be that first guy coming off the bench, it means his usage is probably going to be through the roof in that situation as well. So I think that's a good uh, you know, GBP pivot, especially if you're going with some of the more uh, expensive uh, forward options out there and want a good cheap guard to hit value. I think Tyus Jones is your man. Yeah, I, I, I want to have more interest in this team, but the only guy I really have any interest in would be John Conchar. He drew the start today. Just a guy that another – another uh, we, like he just packs the boards. He packs boards. He gets assists, plays passing lanes. He's never much of a high scorer. He's not going to get you 20 or 25 actual points. But for a guy that's next to minimum salary at 3,100, has that dual eligibility. We always talk about it. Shooting guard and small forward. Should draw the start again in this one. I have interest in Conchar. He's probably the one guy. I want to I wanna be obsessed with Adams. I, I, I 100% hear what you're saying. I, but Brandon Clark's back now as well. Now, how many minutes is Brandon Clark playing at the second half of a back-to-back? That I don't know if there's missing significant time. It's a big question mark there if he happens to end up sitting due to rest or whatever it may be. Steven Adams would vault up my you know my player pool and my board. I, I, I think this is a great spot for him. I just have a little bit of interest, and we've already talked about a few centers. So I don't know how much I actually land on him. So I'll probably just limit myself to Conchar on this one. On the Phoenix side of the ball, a little bit to like here. Obviously, with Jay Crowder being put into the health and safety protocols, uh, that pretty much makes Cam Johnson a rock-solid play, in my opinion, at 4,600. We always talk about these wings and how they pretty much just divvy up the minutes. They're all getting somewhere in the mid to high 20s. Well, now it pretty much secures Bridges and Cam Johnson to play close to 30, if not more. Bridges should be over that 30 mark. Cam Johnson should be right there teetering on the edge of it. So uh, at 4,600, I think he's in play. I think Bridges 
He's not a guy I play very often, to be honest. You know, regardless of what his role is and his minutes, he's just not much of a high volume scorer at 5K. Or his upside's probably 35 DK points at the best case scenario most nights, usually floating around that high 20s mark. And that's not going to be enough to get it done during these COVID protocol days where we have so much value. You really need to be able to hit, uh, you know, close to the 7, 8x on almost all your plays if you have any hopes of taking down a GPP. So I'll probably limit myself to uh, mostly just Cam Johnson and then. These guys are priced up, you know, Booker, Paul, Aiton. I think all these guys are a little bit below where they should be. So they're all in play for me. Uh, I think if I would look at anybody, it would probably just be, you know, cash games. I would say Chris Paul and my GPPs. It might be a little bit of Devin Booker. Uh, but both those guys, you know, under 8,100, I think are most certainly in play. Yeah, I was going to mention in general, like if you look at all these uh, Phoenix Suns, they're all pretty much, you know, between five hundred to six hundred dollars down from their previous uh, from their previous salaries. So definitely come in play as a result of that. But again, that upside, as you mentioned, uh, Chris Paul in a lot of scenarios. If this game stays closer, then I could actually see him having a uh, you know pretty good game to be able to get into that you know mid to high forties, where that seventy nine hundred price tag is in a pretty good spot. But as you said, it's just one of those where there's so many opportunities here for high upside plays, especially in GPPs that I would recommend over that. Uh, we've talked about a number of guards already that I think will end up outperforming as far as uh, their salaries are concerned. So in cash games, I think Phoenix at the moment, as far as their rotation is set and everything, are absolutely rock solid plays across the board there. But I think uh, I pretty much got all these guys avoided today, except for maybe a little bit of Chris Paul, to be honest. All right, well, we'll move on to the next game. That brings me to the segue question. We have the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Portland, taking on the Trailblazers. Injury report for Dallas. Reggie Bullock, Trey Burke, Willie Cauley-Stein, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luka Doncic, Maxi Kleber, all rolled out. And then for Portland, Robert Covington, C.J. McCollum, Ben McLemore, Dennis Smith Jr., Trendon Watford, Cody Zeller, all rolled out. Dame is questionable. So would you play Chris Paul or Jalen Brunson at very similar salaries? Fair enough. And before I even get into that, we also just got the news that uh, Yusuf Nurkic and Cody Zeller have also entered the COVID protocol. So that's uh, another wrench thrown into everything there. Uh, I do think Jalen Brunson is the better upside pick as far as uh, between both those guys and just in general, purely because one Portland's defense is just absolute God awful. It's just one of those scenarios where, you know, they're going to keep you in the game no matter what it's going to be. And we spoke about uh, Houston and Charlotte's points total being at 236. I know we haven't got Dallas-Portland yet, but I expect this one to be a pretty high-scoring game as well. So that automatically gets uh, Brunson into my player pool and uh, a guy of interest for me. And beyond that, I think uh, Neil Keen is also coming into his own as far as the team is concerned. Yes, his price is up up to 4100 now, but you know, they're clearly relying on him to not only be that defensive presence, because it's one thing he can do well, but more so than that, he's actually getting uh, to the tune of seven and a half three-point attempts in the last two games there, and he's just shooting him with a lot more confidence, even if it's not necessarily going in as of yet. So it just gives me that uh, confidence as far as his floor is concerned. Uh, we do have Finney Smith coming back, which could make things a little bit interesting as far as you know, a little bit of rotation situation go. But I think between Brunson and Nilakina, I feel pretty good. I'm going to avoid Porzingis at his 8,600, despite the fact that uh, Nurkic is sitting out now as well. I am right there with you. Not going to change a thing you said. I think you said it perfectly. On the Portland side of the ball, obviously, Dame Lillard being in or out would have a big impact. I'm glad you mentioned that Nurkic news because I had not even seen that. But that pretty much locks in Larry Nance Jr. for me. All but playing him probably, a, you know, he feels like a free square at this point at 5,200. Uh, he should play a little bit, of, especially with, I, I loved him with Covington just being out because they basically chop up that power forward minutes. But 
yeah, sign me up. I'm good with Larry Nance Jr. at 5,200. I think Anthony Simons at 4,300 continues to be in play despite his poor struggles as of late. Uh, Lillard being out would certainly make me want to play him a little bit more. Uh, and then Nasir Little would be the other guy. Those are the three major pieces I'm looking at. Probably won't end up with too much Dame at 10-1. Wouldn't fault if you wanted to go there. Norman Powell just, he doesn't do it for me, man. He's like Harrison Barnes' stunt double for me, except for he gets less rebounds and scores a little bit more. So I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Norman Powell. I probably won't have too many shares. I'll leave myself with just some Nance, some Little, and some Simons and call it a day there. Fair enough. I'm totally going the other way because I do think Norman Powell is absolutely in play for me. One, as a small forward, and two, he's likely getting somewhere close to 20 shot attempts a game now with uh, with Nurkic out as well. He's going to be 100% the uh, second option on this team. And you know, if Dame is sitting out, then it absolutely becomes a complete lock for me. Larry Nance, I'm right there with you. And uh, Anthony Simons, if he ends up drawing the start with Lillard going out, he also becomes that little bit of a free square for me. But yeah, I think there's a lot of value to be had within this Portland team at the moment. Uh, their prices are all pretty much down uh, from where you know, their upsides are. I think Norman Powell is one of those guys who's consistently been you know, in previous years into that 7K range. I think this 6,600 uh, is actually the highest he's been in the last two weeks or so, but I think it's for good reason. It's uh, one of those where with CJ out, he's pretty much been the uh, major offensive force for them when Lillard's not going and he's always going to get his three-point attempts up so I do think Norman's in play at small forward he's probably one of my uh, favorite options there but uh, beyond that I think Larry Nance and uh, and Anthony Simons are going to be the major guys I go after all right final game of the night Brooklyn Nets traveling to LA taking on the Clippers as we know Kevin Durant and the health and safety protocols along with LaMarcus Aldridge David Duke Jr. Kessler Edwards, Joe Harris is still out with from the ankle surgery. Kyrie Irving in the protocols, Deron Sharp, Cam Thomas, and then the Clippers on the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report for them. I'll pass it over to you for Brooklyn. Is Harden your spend-up? He is absolutely my spend-up. Uh, we haven't spoken about too many studs really outside of uh, LaMelo so far, and frankly, there haven't been all that many real options as far as I'm concerned. So in a game where uh, Brooklyn's going up against an LA Clippers team that's incredibly beleaguered on the other end, but still uh, Brooklyn themselves, even in that situation where they just don't have that much offense coming through, I expect it to be a pretty close game. Uh, pretty similar to how we saw with them against the uh, Lakers just the night prior in Christmas. So I think Harden at 11-2, if there's so many of these pivots that you can go ahead and take, I think there's a lot of value options. I think he's a rock solid kind of cornerstone to build your lineup around tonight. And because I'm taking Harden, but I'm actually avoiding Patty Mills, even though he's had two great games coming through. I just think that uh, that's just a uh, situation by and large, if his shot isn't going, I mean, he hit eight of 13 in the last game from his three point line and the game prior to that, even though he got to 40, it was two of 14 from the three-point line and shot you know, 24 times. It's just one of those things where I think Patty Mills is a little too much scoring oriented. At that price tag, I'd probably rather go for Norman Powell for uh, 800 less. And he's probably going to have the same kind of game there, but with a little bit more uh, consistency as far as his floor is concerned. So James Harden's in play for me. And uh, the other one is Bruce Brown. 4,700, he got the start in the last game, and it's clear that they're going to need him, not only from a defensive perspective, but just to be that decoy that either Harden can pass into or just in general to be that guy to absolutely crash the boards. Uh, played 37 minutes in the last game. I expect his minutes total to be pretty much in that range just because everyone else is out. They require his energy. Dropped 31 DK points in that one, and at his uh, current price tag of 4,700, I think that's absolutely rock solid for his uh, for his current upside. Couldn't. 
change the thing right there. I'm fading Patty, playing Harden. I'm playing Bruce Brown. The only other guy I might have mentioned a little bit of would be James Johnson at 3,900. He only played about 23, 24 minutes in that last game. That was his first game out at the protocols. We've seen plenty of times in the past where he was starting in place of Durant when Durant set out. So I still think Brown draws a start, but for a guy that could play pretty much backup center for them, can shift over to the power forward, he could play about three different positions on the court. Uh, going against a team that's going to probably end up playing a fair amount of Zubats and Ibaka alongside of each other. I could see him getting some decent run in this one as well. On the Clippers side of the ball, I'll keep going to the same pieces I have been with Paul George being out. I think Eric Bledsoe, 6K, signed me up. Uh, I think he is a rock solid, fantastic play. Price tag isn't really moving. Uh, it, it's it's right where it should be for the most part. Put up 38 DK points against Sacramento. The game's going on as we speak, but I think he's off to a rock solid start. Last I checked, so I think at, you know in this matchup going against a pretty lackluster backcourt defensively with Patty Mills and James Harden, certainly in play for me. A guy that can, again, very similar to Derek White, get rebounds and can block shots at the guard position. So uh, I like him a lot. At 6K, I'll have some of him. Wouldn't fault you for playing some Terrence Mann at 5,800. Probably won't do it too much myself, but I'm going to keep him in my player pool for now. And then I also, like I said, I want to keep an eye on what's going on with some of these restrictions with so many guys coming in and out of the protocols. Uh, between Batum on the second half of a back-to-back, Abaka on the second half of a back-to-back. Wouldn't shock me if somebody ends up sitting or if they're limited. So I'm a little bit more worried about those two veterans. Nonetheless, I'm going to keep them in my player pool as well. And I, I'm not a Luke Kennard guy, man. I never end up playing Luke Kennard. Convince me otherwise. I, I feel like you're going to mention him, and I need some convincing if I'm going to. No, I'm actually not much of a Luke Kennard player in these kind of situations. I think there's just better guard options all the way through. I mean, you could spend, as an example, 400 more and get, uh, and get, sorry, you can spend 500 more and get Malik Beasley, or you could spend a little bit less and get DeLon Wright. And both of those guys, I think, will outperform him just straight up, apart from everything else. Uh, I I do have a little bit of interest in Marcus Morris because, one, he's been on an absolute tear. He's finally coming back from the protocols now. He didn't play today uh, because of conditioning purposes, but they said he's likely going to be available in this next game. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that. And if there's no restrictions, I think he's in a great spot to be able to get somewhere between uh, 18 to 20 shots. And he's been doing that for the last two games. So it's just one of those where the offense is going to need him. They need him to stretch the floor. Uh, There's really no shooters outside of Kennard that I really trust on an ongoing basis. And I think it's going to be the same situation for the Clippers. So if he is there without any sort of restrictions, I think he's in my player pool. And you already mentioned about Bledsoe. He's definitely one of my favorite guards uh, to be able to play on the nights. I think at 6,000, it's just absolutely rock solid. Even though he's not a great player in real life, he's just going to absolutely be needed to uh, put up those kind of numbers for the Clippers to even try and uh, keep up with the uh, Brooklyn Nets in this game. All right, my friend, that wraps up our slate, and that brings us to our player tier segment. Who is your top tier player that you're spending up on? I think we already know who we're both going to say. Yeah, I'm scratching my beard right now because James Harden, absolutely 11,200. I think he's an absolutely rock-solid play to be able to get started. We've seen his upside again and again. I mean, there's nothing to deny about the fact that he's just an absolute fantasy monster, even when he's not shooting great as he didn't in that in the uh, Lakers game still ended up dropping 75.5 I think the upside is always there for him to have a 60 point night easy and in this kind of a matchup against the Clippers team that's a pretty fast-paced team even though they may not be all that efficient uh, I think we're going to get a pretty good spot for Harden to be able to absolutely destroy that and I think fading Patty Mills and taking Harden is the way to get exposure with all the other value options there 
Right there with you. He would be my top-tier player, but luckily I'm a gentleman. I always pass it over to you first, so I'll go with LaMelo Ball. Uh, I like both these guys. Matchup for LaMelo. Going against Houston, these two defenses are both terrible. They both play at two of the fastest paces in the NBA. Should be a loads of fantasy points to be spread around both these teams, so sign me up for the guy that could triple-double on any given night. Very similar to Harden. Get a little bit of a discount. Would even mind if you want to pair these two guys together. I don't think it's a necessity, uh, but I do think that they're both very, very much in play. And then for your mid-tier guy between that 5 and 7-9 range, who are you looking at? Yeah, and there's just so many potential options over here that, honestly, I, I think there's four or five guys that you could pick without any trouble. I'm actually going to go ahead and say uh, Derek White is the is my favorite one just out of that. I mean, Bledsoe would be the easy one to be able to pick, but I think at 6,500 on a matchup where he didn't get uh, too many minutes the game prior, I think they're going to need him a lot more. Uh, the Utah game is one of those where you, know, you see guards getting a little bit more involved. I think it's going to be... Know, relatively high-scoring matchup as well. I think he's got the upside with all the keys to the offense without Deontay, Dejounte Murray over there. That uh, a forty-game, a forty-point night is not too far for him. I will go with Mr. Larry Nance at fifty-two. I like both your options, uh, but Larry Nance just feels like the free square chalk that I'm going to have to play in this situation at fifty-two hundred. I'm sure he'll be highly owned. But I don't really care. Another guy that just has the ability just to stack up points, rebounds. Decent assist, uh, you know, decent passer for a big man. Not much of a shot blocker, but he always gets to the passing lanes and manages those steals because he's a high energy guy that can run the floor in transition as well. So, 5,200, I am interested in Larry Nance. And then your value play. Yeah, I'm going to stick right with that uh, Utah and San Antonio game and stick with Joe Ingles on the other end at 3,700. I just think in any situation where Donovan Mitchell is out, he's kind of like their uh, break the glass. We need emergency help on that side. And at small forward, a guy who's going to be playing pretty much point guard for them, going to get that usage, probably gets you know six to seven dimes. And the best part is his shot attempts are likely going to be in the double digits on this game. So I think absolutely rock solid floor over here. Uh, that Minnesota game where he got 35 DK points is a good example of the kind of upside you can expect anytime they're kind of missing guys in a pace up matchup. So I think Ingles is by far my favorite as far as value is concerned. So I had two options I was kind of torn between. I, I you know, I had a feeling you were going to say Ingles. You mentioned it earlier. So I'll probably end up leaning Nathan Knight at 3,300. But it was between him and Conchar. I think Knight is probably a little bit safer given that they really don't have much big men left in this rotation. I hope they, uh, I hope they don't start Jake Lehman. They very well could. He played 36 minutes against Utah. I'm really hoping they don't do that. But again, they could. So keep an eye on that. But I think Nathan Knight, if he ends up drawing that start at the center position, knowing that this Boston team plays big with Horford and Robert Williams in that front court, I expect that Nathan Knight will probably see at the bare minimum 20 to 23 minutes and the upside of playing 30. And if that's the case, he should have no problem hitting that $3,300 price tag. So those are our player tiers, guys. Those are the guys that we're going to have the most ownership in, most likely, as it stands the night before when we record this. Now that brings us to... Our Thrive Fantasy Picks of the Night. Who are you looking at? What prop bet are you looking at? Yeah, and uh, you know, I think there's a couple of options that I feel pretty good about, especially because they haven't updated with the uh, you know, the removal of Donovan Mitchell in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and say the uh, Mike Conley over 19.5 points and assists for a cool 100. I think that's a pretty uh, safe option to be able to go with while still getting that 100-point uh, upside. If you want to be a little bit uh, more exciting about things, I think uh, the Gobert over three and a half locks and steals for 130 is an option I'd be looking at as well. But again, it's something about that Utah-San Antonio game that just keeps calling me. Just keep going back to it. I think there's a lot of potential options there. 
Oh, absolutely. I, that the Gobert. I was gonna get frisky, man. That was the one I was gonna say. It was the <laughs> Gobert one. Uh, I was like, you know what? It's not very often we get a plus one thirty on here. Uh, I'm looking at that one, man. I, I really do think he can easily get. I think he might even be able to make that in blocks alone against the San Antonio team. So I'm good with that Gobert one. And then the free square is Lamella Ball five and a half assists. I think going to get Houston and that high pace matchup. It's only gonna give you eighty. But it feels like it's a pre, it's a free square at that point. So, but I'm leaning on that Gobert one, man. I, I really do like that one. I'm gonna have some shares of that. So, uh, we are good to go, guys. Give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Patria, M I K E A P O T R I A. And then if you want to, which I highly, highly suggest, you give my good friend Harris a follow at H A K underscore Devil. That is H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. Hot, spicy takes always coming from Harris over there, man. Uh, and, and he's always on. So if you ever need your questions answered, you're not in our Discord. If you have yet to purchase your DFS Fantasy Pass membership over here for four ninety nine a month, you can still get your questions answered here and there. And odds are Harris will see them on Twitter. So hit him up. Follow him. Fantastic follow. You hear him talking on these shows every time we're on here. Dude knows his stuff and then give us a five star thumbs up subscribe wherever you're listening itunes that's your spotify iHeartRadio, youtube podbean you name it we are all over the place guys it means the world to us we will be back tomorrow it will be santino it will be dj sammy caps it'll be taking down that tuesday slate for you guys thank you as always whether you're a first time listener long time listener let's take down the tournament and let's hope everybody has a good night son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover, accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.clover.com. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.